Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. This week I'm joined by CityCast Madison's Bianca Martin and Molly Stentz. Governor Tony Evers has signed a new state budget. More money for schools and local government, but not the University of Wisconsin. Also, some tax cuts are coming. And how can a hyphen open the door to 400 years of school funding? With the governor's veto pen. Also, Dane County is in an extreme drought, and it could be sticking around. And the legendary Cardinal Bar is back on the dance floor. It's Friday, July 7th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. It's the Great Friday Roundup, the Evers Strikes Back edition. With us this week is your Ace High host, Bianca Martin. Hi, Bianca. Howdy. Also with us, it's Molly Stentz, the sheriff of this here podcast. Hello, Molly. Yeehaw. So the budget battle is over. Governor Tony Evers has signed the Republican written budget and used his unique veto powers to make some important tweaks. One in particular made national news and highlights a funny thing about the Wisconsin governor's authority, and which is they can just cross things out and put things in a different order and I guess change education funding for the next 400 years, potentially. Yeah, it's like wizardry. You're just jumping right into the good stuff. Yeah. We got to say what's in the budget. School districts for the next 400 years, unless something changes in the next budget, uh, get to increase taxes by $325 per pupil. That's a big deal. It's something the school districts have complained about, that their funding is always flat. So Republicans are not happy about it because they say it violated the deal they struck with Governor Evers over money that happened earlier this month having to do with shared revenue. Yes. Let's back up, though, and just remind ourselves why this is so important. I mean, why the state budget impacts all of us. And this is really determining a lot of school aid for districts around the state. It's a kind of a crazy system that is unique to Wisconsin. Nobody really likes it, but that's how it is here. And that's why it is really important because this affects every single school district, every single taxpayer. It affects our entire future, essentially, right? What's more important than schools? Nobody really likes it. Nobody really likes how our school funding formula. It's this combo, right? Because there's property taxes at the local level, and then this state aid that comes back to school districts. They kind of play off of each other. Yeah, absolutely. And But the state also caps how much school districts can tax you, and that's the rub. That's the kicker. You would think, oh, if you're a local government, maybe you're the state capital in a relatively affluent city, you'd think, okay, well, if the state's not going to kick it in, we'll do it ourselves with our property taxes. And that's where the state comes in and says, whoa, 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 Mm -mm, not allowed. You cannot raise taxes to pay for your schools. 
And so that's the thing that Evers changed. And I think it's getting a lot of attention because it does seem kind of ridiculous in a way, doesn't it? Somehow it's gotten less crazy over the years. It used to be when Tommy Thompson was governor, he could like cut out individual letters and he'd like change completely, change a sentence to mean the exact opposite. But that's sort of how divided government works in Wisconsin is that we have Republican legislature and we have a governor. And in some ways, Evers is very powerless. Not when it comes to his veto pen, though, at the budget. And this is like an issue, just a little bit an issue of separation of powers. You know, it makes me think about the president and Congress. And in terms of presidential overreach, like, is this was this an overreach by, you know, Governor Evers to do this? It's not it's not out of line with what other governors other governors done this too, right? Yeah, and I haven't heard of anything granted um, for the next 400 years. I mean, I don't know. That's pretty wild. Yes, and they can always change in the next state budget, which kind of gets us to the other big pieces, which is taxes. Another huge piece of what Governor Evers did is that Republicans wanted a $3.5 billion tax cut across the board. Now, everyone will still be getting a tax cut, but uh, the ones that were targeting the two highest income brackets, they won't be getting the tax cuts. So that is a huge deal, too, because we had this historic surplus and three billion dollars is going back into the till for Democrats and Republicans to fight about two years from now. Wow. Three point five billion down to millions. Yeah, it's a lot. But since we know tax rates are incremental, meaning they change at the different levels of income. Really, everybody does get a little bit of a break. Just some people aren't getting more of a break. Millionaires will not be getting hundreds of thousands of dollars back. Evers also had a whole other tax plan that Republicans didn't go along with. So there's that. UW system, see there? Uh, Evers' veto pen was not as effective in completely changing things. Evers did issue a partial veto in terms of that, but there will still be a $32 million cut, but it won't exactly target DEI initiatives like the GOP wanted, and that's diversity, equity, inclusion. In a way, uh, you know, Republicans, I would say that was their biggest win in terms of what the governor was not able to tweak. Well, so this was interesting because kind of early on, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss basically announced that he wanted to cut UW and he wanted to eliminate diversity programming in the system. And it was a little bit of this dance where Evers was like, yeah, you're going to do that. I'm going to veto your budget. And then Voss is like, oh, yeah, I double dog dare you. So it was a little bit of this game of chicken. And so the Republican lawmakers went ahead with it and they're like, no, no, no. We're cutting this out of UW's budget. We're, they're not getting this money because we don't like this programming that they're offering, which is helping women, helping recruit faculty of color, helping veterans, all kinds of minority groups on campus, groups that are underrepresented. UW should have gotten an increase in funding, given the historic surplus and lack of funding over the last decade or so. And instead, they got a cut. It just feels like a penalty. You know, it's a penalty for having different ideas about how they're going to run the university, I suppose. So what happened was the lawmakers left the cut in and Evers didn't veto the budget over it like he threatened to. But he did veto the part that eliminated the jobs at UW that work in diversity programming, which was part of a concern because they're all state employees. UW employees are state employees for the most part. Yeah, they targeted like 188 staff. Yeah. 
So he vetoed that provision. So those people still have jobs. Those state employees at UW still have, have their jobs. But they cut the money to pay their salaries. But they left open this door, which is, okay, UW, if you want this extra money, these millions, you can get it if you agree to spend it on workforce development which is what we, the lawmakers, want you to spend the money on, not the stuff we think is unimportant, but vocational ed, training. Because diversity and inclusion and equity have nothing to do with workforce training. Well, there's that. Yeah, and what, and what Evers changed was if UW wants the $32 million, they have to go to this GOP-controlled committee and ask for it. But the question is, like, is it a shell game? So <laughs> if you get cut money over here... But then you can apply for that money back if you spend it on something else. But could you take the money that you were going to spend on that and spend it on the other things? I don't know. Feels like a cat and mouse. But yes, that's where things stand with the UW. But state employees are going to get us a cost of living increase, which is a thing that didn't happen for many years in state government and will happen. So so there's that. That's good news. All of our hardworking state employees across the board. Just one last interesting budget note. The Republican National Convention was going to get $10 million to defray costs for their convention in Milwaukee. That's next year. Evers knocked that down to $1 million. So that means uh, the Republican Party will be footing more of the bill for their convention instead of taxpayers paying for it. It kind of feels like Christmas and White Elephant. <laughs> It's like, well, I didn't get the gift that I wanted, so I'm going to trade. <laughs> That's exactly how it seems, yes. So there were a lot of groups on the left who were urging Governor Evers to veto the entire budget, basically to make good on his threats. And he was like, nah, schools need the money. They need certainty. They need to know. They need to be able to plan for the fall school year. That would have been chaos. He's kind of Mr. Pragmatist. There were people that wanted him to go to the mat for things that they thought were were worth fighting for. And at the end of the day, it's like, nope, getting it done isn't what everybody wanted, but everybody got something. Well, before we get to any other news, we should take a quick break and hear what Bianca has planned for the weekend. Hey, so it's banana shirt good news day i don't know if you guys follow under the desk news but i do have a banana shirt and it is a good news day because it rained this week yes yeah and it's a good shirt y'all never in my life thought i'd be so happy for a mere inch of rain i was like yes molly it's happening it's thunderstorming (laughs) yes why is rain so important to you (laughs) Dylan, who's this rain? I'm skeptical. I'm sick of watering too, but I don't I don't have that much to water. Dane County is in an extreme drought, which as far as droughts go, it's almost at the top of the scale. Wow. I mean, you can look at the drought map of Wisconsin and it's hard not to feel singled out here in Dane County. We are basically the worst hit part of the state. Oh my goodness. I didn't realize that. I knew it was bad. And despite Madison's, you know, large footprint as a city, we're still a big agricultural county. There are a lot of farms here. Southern Wisconsin, severe drought. The northern part of the state, moderate drought. It's a big deal. We saw one of the driest Mays of the past century and a hotter than average June. June is normally our wettest month. It can be like, you know, 15 days of rain in June. And we have not seen that at all. 
think about the growing season. We have frost into mid, sometimes late May, and it's peak daylight in June. That's the biggest month for plants to get established and grow. And it's really hard to do that without enough water. So big implications for farms and our food. Do we know why this is happening? Is it God? <laughs> Are we being punished for our sins? Getty monster? I knew it was bad, but a century? I mean, I was just over at James Madison Park and the grass is like crunchy, yellow. I had to take some photos of that because it it's crunchy. It is shocking. Remember when folks used to f- talk about the Midwest as like a haven from climate change, right? Like, yes, oh, it doesn't feel that way anymore. Yeah. We don't have those crazy wildfires that they have out west. No killer hurricanes here we got all this water you know like we're good right we're we're gonna be this little ecotopia here in the middle of the country Mm -mm. nope it's affecting us too i mean we're floods droughts so even if farmers have to water a lot like irrigate stuff is it would it be better if it just rained more like for the crops instead of having to water yes generally rain is the cure for drought (laughs) yes the here's the deal Not everyone has irrigation. Big irrigation is expensive. It depends on where you live. Also, groundwater is not infinite. And if this continues, you will see conflicts over groundwater use as big operations with big pumps are slurping up that water. If it's not being replenished by rain. Also, we didn't have a lot of snow this year. So if if the water cycle is not being replenished, it's not going to bode well. The pasture also, like, think about all the animals out on pasture, all the cows, all the horses. How are you going to irrigate thousands of acres? I mean, it's just not practical. Also, lake levels drop. The risk of fire increases. It's no good. I mean, and then, you know, we had all of that friggin' smoke. It's like climate apocalypto here. But then the smoke cleared. Is there any... Do we know what's coming? So I was hopeful maybe this is a turn because we got this inch of rain. But the National Weather Service says we would need rain consistently for the next few weeks to turn the table on this drought. And that is just not in the forecast. There's a little bit cooler temperatures, which obviously makes it a little easier on everything. But at least we got a little rain that came back. And speaking of things coming back, hey, I heard the Cardinal reopen. It did. It's popping. I can feel it. Can you guys feel it? Like, I can just feel it. Do you have a banana shirt for this good news? I don't, but hilariously, I'm wearing a shirt that has rain on it. (laughs) Make it rain. (gasps) Cardinal has been reopened and it's been busy apparently every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. The Cardinal Bar on East Wilston, the historic, lively, beloved dance hall is reopened and I could not be more thrilled. Dylan, do you ever, did you boogie at the Cardinal? Mm, No. I went in at close. It closed in 2017. It was like amazing Madisonian Ricardo Gonzalez. He's 70 years old and he has been active in the Madison scene for a long time. Civically engaged person, Latino, part of the LGBTQ community. La Junta, DJ. I remember when it became the nomad for a while. That was just a blip. But I think I've only been to political events there. Like I don't remember. What? Yeah, like someone would have like their election party there or something. That's the only time I would say. So it is a cool (laughs) spot. I don't know about any dancing though. (laughs) 
Okay, well, that's the main... I mean, I'm not shocked by this, Dylan. I'm not shocked. Uh, but the Cardinal is a community hub, and it's back. And, um, yeah, there are five five folks teaming up on the project. Um, one of the partners, Andy Hansen, he called it a formative bar. I feel like a lot of people feel that way. They want to make sure that there's this space in the community for... Um, also continuing um, Ricardo Gonzalez, the former owner's legacy of it being a queer space, a queer-friendly LGBTQIA plus space. And so there's going to be all kinds of live events there. There's also like the new thing is there's going to be a lot of live jazz, which I'm excited about. There'll be burlesque shows, disco nights. I just love the wart shout out connection. Like the, I mean, I know there was the whole like, sports bar minute in between but like the hand down from ricardo to anthony rainier too who's also one of the owners yes wrt reigns supreme y'all i'm really stoked to get out and dance because y'all like my memories was i went in there and there's always there were always people who knew how to salsa and were they'll take you in and they'll teach you i'm stoked the thing that was interesting too is that they all said like leave your phones at home Come interact with people. This is not just like sit at a bar by yourself and stare at your phone. I feel like that would do really well. I mean, I'm glad the Cardinals open. That's every other bar I don't, staring I, at your phone. A bar where everybody just looks at their phone and nobody talks? I don't know. Okay, this is why Dylan didn't know Cardinal was mostly about dancing. Actually, I thought, Dylan, at first you were saying, oh, that's an amazing idea. Like, keep your phones away. Because, I mean, geez, Louise, a lot of us, many of us are just looking at screens all day. So come be humans at the Cardinal. I haven't gone back yet, so I'm I'm going to get my dancing shoes out. We'll have to go. Bianca Martin, fun times ahead. Thanks so much, Dylan. <laughs> Molly Stentz, thank you for joining us today and helping us round up the news. Yeehaw! That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. Bianca Martin is your host. We're produced by Molly Stentz and me, Dylan Brogan. Our theme music is by Carl Christensen. You can also get more news delivered right to your inbox from our friends at Madison Minutes. And if you enjoyed today's show, why not share this podcast with Vanna White or Frankenstein? They won't veto it. See you back here Monday morning with more news from around the city. Until then... Stand by for fact checking. Do 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 do.